Hello and welcome back to the Christian Formation Podcast. My name is Raven. I'm the Volunteer Services and Communications Coordinator here at Providence Church. And I'm joined with Andrew, one of our pastors here. And we're doing something a little bit different. If you've joined us before, we don't normally focus on book reviews, but this is going to be a sub-series where we do focus on book reviews. Andrew, do you want to say a little bit more? Yeah. So our goal with this podcast, especially over the last few months, has been to connect the story of God with the story of man. What we mean by that is that every person is living out a, a story. And when we say story, we're, we're thinking that encompasses all of yourself. So your life, your relationships, your interactions, how you view the world, how you view people, how you view politics, how you view your work, like all of this is wrapped up in your story, your life. And our goal in this podcast is essentially to help your story align with God's story. So even above and beyond our individual stories, we believe that God is writing this overall story. And he has a way that he's designed the world to run. He has a will and he has a way for us to live. And so our goal at this podcast has been to hit a variety of topics in theology, culture, or even just uh, different stories in our church or different people. Uh, and what we're trying to do is help you to see how your story might align better with God's story. And so this just kind of fits into our mission as a church to make and send disciples. And, and what we believe this is doing is helping us just kind of uh, look like Jesus, follow Jesus, align our lives and hearts with him a little bit more. But specifically what we want to do in these book reviews is we get a handful of requests, especially more recently. It feels like very frequently we'll get people just asking, hey, I'm thinking about this topic or, you know, my friend was talking about this thing and, and I just don't know how to think about it, or maybe people are just trying to figure out different resources or ideas to just kind of help them as they grow in their discipleship. And so we get a lot of requests uh, of different books or resources or things. And so we felt like if we really are going to try to connect our stories and our thinking and our hearts with God's story, there's a ton of amazing resources that'll help in a variety of different areas of life. And so we figured amongst our staff or different people in the, in the church, we're reading a lot. We've got different resources. And so this is just an easy way for us to do a very short kind of review and then uh, why this book or resource might be helpful. So that's kind of our goal with this is um, that we would just kind of hit different books that we've read and then kind of suggest, hey, if this is where you're at or if you're interested in this topic, this is why this book might be helpful for you. Yeah. Thanks. And the first book for today is going to be United, Captured by God's Vision for Diversity by Trillia J. Newbell. Andrew, could you just give us a brief overview of Newbell's book? Yeah, so this book, United, it's a really short, easy to read book. So just to say off the bat, we're not going to always be doing like massive theology books or textbooks or anything. So this one is super simple. It's like 150 pages, small book. And her aim in this book is essentially to say that diversity matters within the church. So she talks a little bit at the beginning just about her life. So she's a, a an African-American female who was, didn't grow up a Christian, but became a Christian, I think she said in college, and got involved in this predominantly white church. And so part of the book is just her experience going through this church. And one of the things that I really appreciated about it was that she said in the book that she kind of, you know, she became a Christian. She was learning, growing. Church was really healthy. But then she started to feel this kind of, I don't know if it was an urge or this desire for more diversity or for more mm -hmm. people that were like her or for a church that maybe reflected her a little bit more. 
Um, but instead of just bolting or leaving, which I think a lot of people probably would have done, she stayed and she decided to fight for diversity. And so instead of settling for, well, this is a white church, this is a black church, this is a rich church, this is a poor church, anything like that, she engaged with this church that didn't really look like her, had different backgrounds than her, but she really fought for diversity, uh, which I think is just really honorable because I think that's really hard to do. And so she basically just gives her story of why this matters, why diversity is important to the heart of God. And then she gives kind of a very simple explanation or encouragement as to how we in the church might fight for diversity a little bit more. Hmm. So you say that she gives an encouragement to diversity and why we should fight for it in the church. Why should we fight for diversity? Why is it important in our church today? Yeah, so this is a little bit from her book. I think one of the things uh, that I'll probably say this at the end too, she she kind of assumes that in some ways, which I don't think is a bad thing. I think her aim in this book is not to fully explain the theology of diversity or anything like that or do a really deep dive into you know, any sort of sociological theories on why we like uniformity or people. So she doesn't really do any of that. So she almost assumes it. But what she kind of hints at and what I think more broadly speaking is that the church is the people of God that spans 2000 years, spans different continents, different ethnicities, different backgrounds. And if we even go back even further, we look at just humanity as a people. We can look at passages in Acts or obviously you can go all the way back to Genesis where it talks about God being the creator of all people. Mm -hmm. And so every human from every background, every tongue, every skin color, every culture is a part of God's creation. And so not only did he create all people, but then Jesus says that he has come to be a uniting person and a savior for all people. So Jesus is not just the God of middle-class Americans, which we could maybe fall into. For her, she had to, you know, wrestle with this idea of, I'm in a predominantly white church. She had some friends or some people in more, I think, black churches that can just kind of say, well, Jesus is really like us, or he mm-hmm. kind of votes like us, thinks like uh, likes us, we look like him, all that kind of stuff. And she's just pressing that Jesus is really the savior of all people. Mm-hmm. And so at the very end of, you know, all of history, we see in Revelation 5 and then again in 7, that Jesus is saving a people from every tongue, tribe, and nation. So the church is going to be diverse. That's the end of all things. That's the goal of where we are going. And so she's just going to push that every, if that's the, the church as a whole and the, you know, big C church is a diverse people, then every local church in some ways should fight for some level of diversity as well. And so if that's what God's doing, he created all people. Jesus is the savior of all different types of people. And the church in the end, when we get to the new heavens and new earth, is going to be made up of people from every time period, every culture, every language, every skin color. Then she's just saying our churches should try at least to reflect that a little bit here. Hmm. Yeah. And I think that's a really good point because we do all bear the image of God and we yeah. are all called to be one body united under Christ. And so there should be diversity because yeah. the Lord has created us all. So what about churches that don't have diversity right now? Is that a red flag for them? Should they have more diversity? Yeah, that that's a good question. And that was one thing I wrestled with a little bit. So again, you know, we're in Omaha. I don't remember exactly where she was when she was writing this, but if you're in big cities, It kind of makes sense because probably if you're in a larger city, you have people of different backgrounds, different skin colors, probably immigrants from different countries. And that really makes sense. But part of what I was thinking is anything that you make like dogmatic or like a doctrine like this has to be the case. 
in Christianity, because it's worldwide and it can span, the gospel can span any culture and time, it has to be able to fit in every culture and time. And so if we say that every church has to be diverse, well, if we're talking about the underground church in China right now, where you have a little church of 15 people that are gathering, I mean, there's no way that they're going to be diverse. And so, or you think about, you know, rural Nebraska and central Nebraska, if you have a handful of families that are gathering together, but they're really the only families around, you know, miles of radius, well, they're not really going to be diverse. And so I think I would want to hesitate or caution that every local church has to be this complete diverse mix. With that said, especially if you're at Providence or you're listening and you're in Omaha or another city, if you have diversity around you, I think that you should reflect the people and the culture around you. And every church doesn't have to have diversity as like their main thing that they run after. This is the primary value for them. But I do think in some ways we need to think about is the gospel message that we're proclaiming only fitting into one culture or one ethnicity or one demographic, or are we actually inviting into all sorts of different people? The other thing I would say quickly on that is when we think of diversity, I think oftentimes we think racially or ethnically, and so we think, okay, well, the church has to be you know, 40% white or 30% black or 20% Asian or all these different kind of things. I think we also need to think of diversity in terms of, I kind of mentioned it, but religious background, socioeconomic background, age, all those different things, all of that is, is an element of diversity. And while some churches may not have the ability to be incredibly ethnically diverse, Every church probably has the ability to have different people of social status, different people economically, different people with different religious backgrounds, some people that got saved when they were, you know, four years old in Sunday school, and some people that just got out of prison and just met Jesus. And, and those things are elements of diversity. And so I think we just need to think broadly. And she does that uh, well, and she addresses that this is difficult. This is going to take time. If you are a part of a church that is not incredibly diverse, I would think first— is your neighborhood, your your context really diverse? And secondly, are you only looking at ethnic diversity or are you looking at all different kinds of diversity? And those would be kind of maybe the first two questions to see if you could start moving forward to become a little bit more diverse of a people. Yeah. For people that haven't even really thought about diversity, this is a reason why you would suggest this book to them? Yep, totally. Maybe you've never really read anything on this. You've never really thought about it. And maybe just in within your past, you grew up in a pretty monocultural kind of setting. So everyone kind of looked the same, has the same background, talked the same, all that kind of stuff. I think it's a really helpful book. If you have read a lot about this, or you've thought a lot about this, you've listened to a ton of podcasts or whatever, this will probably be a little bit of kind of a foundation or a baseline book. And so I don't think you'll you'll read anything in here that like blows your mind or is incredibly new to you. Uh, I would recommend it for anybody. I think it, it, it's helpful because of her solution to the problem, which I'm sure we'll get to in a second. But especially if you've never really done any work on diversity, you've never really thought about it. I think this is a really helpful starter because it's not condemning. She doesn't come at this as a minority saying, you know, all the majority people in culture are bad and you need to, you know, fight against it. It's nothing like that. It's incredibly gracious and just a very kind of subtle, hey, this matters and we should think about this. And most of it is kind of in story form. And so it's pretty easy to pick mm -hmm. up and read. So I would definitely recommend it for somebody who hasn't done a lot of work in, in diversity. Yeah, that's good. And you had mentioned the solution. An example of that solution would be friendship. And she said that that's how you can aid with conflict and diversity. Could you expand on that a bit? 
Yeah. So her solution to her issue, which was she is a young black female in a predominantly white church. And so she was starting to pray for, okay, how do I fight for diversity? Do I need to leave? Do I need to go to a church that's just more black? Do I need to go to a church that's completely no majority culture? You know, mm. so she's wrestling with that. And what she said is that the way God answered that prayer is by bringing a few friends within the church that were just different than her to have genuine relationship with her. So I think it was maybe a a lady who had an Asian background and then a Caucasian woman. And these three, so you have a white woman, a black woman, and an Asian woman all together, and they form this like genuine friendship. They have different backgrounds. They have different cultural like histories. They look different. They have just different ways about them. And she said it was through friendship that she actually began to experience this diversity. And so while her church didn't drastically change, it wasn't, you know, overnight there was a handful more of all these different cultures or races. Just by genuine friendship, she began to get shaped by that. She began to see the beauty of diversity. And and as she says, that's one of the things that kept her in that church is not on a macro scale, everything changing, but on a micro scale, Mm. she just began to have real friendships. And so... I think her story is helpful in that because, like we said, it's really easy to, when you see a problem in a church, just walk out and think mm. another church is going to have you know a better solution to that. Yeah. And I think she really guards against that, which is helpful. She also mentions that that, like having genuine friendships with people that are different you, than you, is really hard. I think at the end, she has almost a whole chapter dedicated to mm. this is going to be difficult, right? Yeah. This isn't just going to be natural because they're, you're going to talk differently. You're going to have different things that you like and different ways that you've communicated about things. And so it's going to be a little bit tough. It's going to feel uncomfortable right away. But she gets to basically saying this is the best solution for the problem, especially, I think, as we just said, for people that have no real experience with people of other cultures or ethnicities. Mm -hmm. It can be easy to, especially politically, to see people like that as just a group of people or a voting block or a whatever And what she does is she presses in that these are like real people and the way that you kind of open your mind to other cultures or just grow as a gracious, humble Christian is by meeting people that are different than Mm -hmm. you and building real friendships with them. And so even more than, you know, her book does not get to the end where, hey, my all white church is now a completely mixed church of all these different ethnicities. What it really does is talk about her heart saying, hey, I'm in a predominantly like a majority church where I'm a minority and my heart is for diversity. And so the answer to that mm. was God gave me a few friends that really helped shape this. And we grew together. And on a macro level, maybe everything didn't change. But for her, it began to change, which is a pretty, it's a difficult solution, but a pretty simple solution to say, hey, let's just build some real friendships and relationships with people that are different than us. Yeah. And what I love about that, too, is that the Lord didn't bring other people that looked exactly like her in order to make her no longer the minority. Yep. He brought in other people, and she was still the minority as a black woman in that church probably, but she had different diverse friendships, like you had said. And just looking at psychology, we gravitate toward people that look like us. It's just human nature. And so what's amazing about that is she fought against that and fought against that desire to want to be known by people that are just like her and instead allow people that aren't like her at all know more about her, but still have that common uniting factor of Christ, which is beautiful. Yeah. And to your question at the beginning or earlier, how hard should we fight for diversity? What I really like about this book is that more than fighting for a church-wide change on a macro level, our church should fight for diversity in that we should continually be building relationships with people that are just different than us. Mm -hmm. Because if we believe that the gospel is that 
good and that powerful that it can bring people from different backgrounds, different um, ethnicities together, and we can actually be united. We can do that on a micro level. And as we as individuals begin to fight for those things, we will start to see a bigger change at a macro level. But those things are always going to take a lot of time. Mm -hmm. And it's usually going to take people that are willing to just take steps in this and start to grow. And so I think that would be my big encouragement, whether you pick up the book and read it or you just listen to this is just to consider how you yourself can be around or build genuine friendships with people that are different. And whether that's people that were born in other countries, people that speak different languages, or even just if you're a you know 22 year old college student, finding some grandparents or something and just actually building relationships or if you have this great job and you're a CEO of a company building relationships with people that are like you know paycheck by paycheck and just Mm -hmm. trying to get by and I think that breaks down stereotypes it breaks down how we view other people and it really does we can really build relationships and I think that's going to be one of the greatest witnesses we have as a church to the city that we have a, a message that unites people that are totally different maybe in every other way but we're united in even stronger ways because of the gospel of Jesus. And so we can look diverse and we can look different in a variety of different ways through that. Yeah, thank you. That's all we have for you on this episode today. And if you have any questions, reach out, let us know. You can comment below on any of our social media channels or send us an email at info at We look forward to seeing you next time on the next book review.